five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to Buckle Up. Buckle Up, baby. Buckle Up. <laughs> baby, I like your little signature line. Give me one more. Buckle Up, baby. Episode five. <laughs> Bonus episode in a way. Um, and we are talking about what? Um, what are we talking about? Last last time mm-hmm. we talked about we got yeah we got pretty probably more personal than we've been. Yeah, I remember it well. Yeah, yeah, it feels like it was just a couple hours ago. Yeah, less than that. Uh, <laughs> and uh, five, but we're on five. Five is the hardest one. <laughs> um, they get harder and harder. Yeah, everyone's harder than the last. So hard. They say it gets easier, but it's the it's not true. It's harder. It's harder. Michael, you got a haircut recently, didn't you? Let's I got see a haircut. It. Show I the world. Show the folks. I got a haircut. See it on the. Uh, it looks uh, nice. Thank you. Yeah, it kind of has a. It was. It's. I got it at a new place. Like a tattoo parlor vibe. Like you're the guy who gives tattoos. Really? Like take your hat off. Like. <laughs> like and like pretend you're inking my arm. <laughs> you're like yeah. Or a hipster, artisanal, like you make, well, like you are, like you make your own roast coffee. He cut it. He first he cut it, and because of like the sideburns and the beard, I looked like I w- it was 1978. And mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, listen, Tony, I like you. Usually, I would just walk out, be very upset, and never come back here. But I really liked him. He was this like older, older man. The closest to getting molested but not molested is a bad haircut because you just sit there and take it like a bitch, <laughs> like a bitch, and you're like. You know, and like, and you never look worse because like your your jawline and your neck line is removed. Like, I got this, but when you're getting a haircut, it's like this. Why does yours come? Mine doesn't go up that high. And you're just sitting there like, that's just bad. <laughs> you're just waiting for it to be over. I was, I was waiting for it to be over, and and just to I don't know, like leave a bad review. But I was like, I was like, listen, I like you, and I want to come back here. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna say, I I, I wanted it short. And he's like, oh, you you know, it's gonna look real different if I do it short. I was like, yeah. That's why I came in for a haircut. Mm-hmm. So then he like shaved it. I mean, like with his his belly was like resting on my arm. It was very nice and warm. He just placed it there. Yeah, and I don't know if I should move my arm. He felt he seemed very comfortable with it. So I just I kind of left my arm there, resting against his belly. Um, haircut guys, salon people, they love like they they stretch the hair all the way up to the top and they go. Yeah, yeah. So. It can be very frustrating if you're in a rush. Maybe he had like a plan. He was gonna do it like long and then kind of go back and shave it. But then I I realized it's it had been like half an hour and it wasn't gonna happen. I had to say something. But he said something that kind of that kind of rocked my world. So until until it, you know, you sit in the you're getting a haircut and you and you're sitting there just all you do is stare into the mirror and I'm staring into the mirror. And I'm thinking to myself, getting like, molested. Yeah, I don't. I don't quite. I don't quite look as young as I think of myself in my mind. I'm like seeing the wrinkles on my forehead, and like I'm really taking like a real look at myself with good lighting and everything. And you know, it used to be. Uh, now that I have my beard, people can pretty. They people pretty much guess I'm like in my mid 30s. But until really recently, everyone always thought I was younger mm-hmm. than I was. And it wasn't until I was 24. That I was at a fish show. It was during set break. It was fish Halloween in Atlantic City. I was at set break. I was talking to to some dude um, about something, and he and he looked at me, and and he was he was like, "Yeah, you look like you're 24." And and I, I, that's exactly how old I was. And at 24, I thought I was so old. I thought I was like an old man mm-hmm. at 24, and I was like insulted that he thought I looked like I was 24. You thought you you would have wanted to look older. 
I would have wanted to look younger. Because oh. I'm saying, like, you know, in high school, looking younger is the worst thing. Right. But then at 24, I thought I was, like, old already. Mm. And I was like, oh, God, I look 24? Jeez. Sounds so young to me now. I know, right. <laughs> so so I'm sitting I'm sitting in the barber chair looking at myself thinking, oh, to be 24. To look like I'm 24. Like I, I'm, I'm like, I really look like I'm, I'm 35 now. And it's tough, but, but you know, you're, you're dealing sort of with your own mortality. And, 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 as, and as I'm, I'm thinking about... I don't about, know about mortality. You're still yeah, well, 35. You're, you're not going anytime soon, but right, I hear what you're saying. But you're, you're thinking about, you know, it's not... I, I, don't, quite, I don't quite look as young as, as, as I would hope, and I'm, or, or, or I think I do. And, and, I'm, and as I'm doing this, Tony is talking to me about his family, about his like, kids and stuff. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I moved to Teaneck, you know, to be close to my, to my parents. He's like, oh, yeah, it's great when the kids look. I'm like, yeah, do, do you, have any, uh, you have any kids you know, around here? And he's like, kids? I got grandkids. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's nice. That's nice. He goes, yeah, my, my son, though, he's, he's around your age. He's 55. <laughs> Sorry. 55. He's looking at the top of your head, I guess. Uh, yeah, 55. Yeah. Maybe and the I, front of your face is 35, but the top of your head is the top of your drops. head is 55. It was awful. Oh God. 55. So either Tony, either I look like I could be 55, or Tony is just off. <laughs> Tony's blind. It was awful. Um, yeah, that <laughs> wouldn't feel great to me, but I can understand why that's a little traumatic. Yeah. Um, I'm at. It was a tough, and 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 then I was just like Tony, cut it shorter. <laughs> You're like Tony, cut my fucking. Leave me <laughs> Wait a minute, he said. What do you think he meant? He said he thinks you were 55. I, th- I what I think he he might have meant is one of his grandsons is my age, and he, and that, then he said his son is 55 is sort of like a non sequitur. How, how old is Tony? Ah, uh, 70s. Does that make sense? How could he have a 35-year-old yeah. grandchild? He, no, no. Well, so, so maybe he has a grandchild in his 20s, and he thinks I look like I'm in my 20s. That's, that's the other way to think about it. I mean, I think about 55-year-olds, and I go, I don't know, I go, like, maybe? He said, no, my son's like your age. He's like 55. Yeah. And then he probably has little grandchildren. He probably has little grandchildren. <laughs> he knows you're not I little. I don't know. Sorry. I don't know. He knows you're not little. I don't but think he, I, I think about fifty five year olds and they're 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 men. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're dads. Dads are eternally in their fifties and sixties. <laughs> yeah. But like older dads, like our dads. Yeah. My dad's seventy though, so no. Yeah. Oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. Fifty five right, is like gen, like real hardcore Gen X. Yeah. Um listen. <laughs> It was a day for you. <laughs> you got molested yeah. on the head and then yeah. insulted. I'm going to go back, though. He's a good guy. Yeah. I always ask to check for the grays. I still have it there, yeah. but I say, how's the grays? Because when I see the hair falling, well, my moments for me when I'm getting a haircut is as I see the hair, especially if it's been a while, I see the hairs fall, and I'm just like... Oh, you see the gray? Oh, yeah. All of this gray and salt and pepper all over my body. I'm like, Jesus uh. What is happening? Because, yeah. you know, from far away time. in the light, it's fine. All of a sudden, you start to see this hair, and it's just, like, gray everywhere. Well, that's what I mean. Sitting in the barber chair is a real, like, uh, yeah. it's not It's not it's always when you great. check yourself. Yeah, it's, it's a, a real check-in. Refreshing. It's a real check-in. It's a check-in, for sure. You're yeah. sitting in front of the mirror. You look awful. You look mirror. awful before and after. Right. Until they put the product in, yeah. you're a mess. Yeah. And you just start <laughs> thinking, and then you, you think to yourself, this is the best I'll ever look. Yeah. I have possibly. a good... Possibly. It's not getting better. 
I think I know, like, he makes me feel good. No, you still got very thick hair. He's very, very thick. <laughs> he's got a lot. He's got a lot in the front. He's very thick. He's not going to fall out. That's his name. His name is Antonio. And yeah. he, I will tell you, he sounds exactly like <laughs> Okay, thank you. Yeah, I call him. I can take you at 6.30, but I have no one else tomorrow. You can come in, okay? And then he takes phone calls while he's cutting. You ever get a guy get the phone call while he's cutting? No, I can't come tomorrow. And then he's, like, holding your hair mid. Uh, and I'm like, <laughs> there's those moments. You always will screw up a haircut if you say something. Any feedback I've ever given has ruined it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that I was very hesitant to say anything, but I realized the haircut was over. Yes. And I was like, if I don't, it's, yes. it's not. Then you yeah, have to. Yeah. You'll regret it. But you always like, do I do I mention just to make it? But then you do, and you start to give tips. They're like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Bye-bye. Everything I just said. And it's gone. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, that was a tough look. I'm sorry, Michael. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You ever get haircuts? You look 42. <laughs> I'll give you a <laughs> Oh, man. But... That's a rough day. I'll give yeah. you that. That's a rough day. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of spent, dude. Yeah. Me too. Is this a whole episode? How long is that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we it's hard to do two in a day. Is that an hour? If we cut to something else. Um, That's okay. We could um, We could leave it at that. Who says, who says how long an episode has to be? It could be five minutes. Yeah, it's a little segment. It's a segment. Maybe this this is a segment we could put out, yeah. sort of on your uh, your travel bonus footage, some bonus footage. I'm gonna be traveling to L.A., so the big secret is up. Okay, we just filmed episode four. This isn't really episode five. Okay, we took off our shirts right here on the floor. <laughs> Stupid. We didn't fool anybody. Five is the hardest. <laughs> Ridiculous. <laughs> this was episode four. I changed my shirt. It's the same room. It's the same day. We filmed episode four a couple of hours ago. We tried to pull this off, and I'm exhausted. Hey, is this coming out of here? Oh, this podcast is a mess, Mikey. Oh, yeah. This is actually four point one, really, because we just did episode five, and I'm I'm four, and I'm out of stuff to talk about. But that was fun. That was a good segment about your hair. A little bonus segment we can yeah. put out. Um, but I would say that in general, Anderson Cooper. What do you think? What do I think of him? <laughs> Great hair. True. He and looks he looks like he's from the future. <laughs> You're talking. <laughs> that's what we're all gonna look like in the future. Yeah, like those. What's those? Uh, West World or whatever. He's like a. He's that's what we're all gonna look like. He's the human that they're just gonna pick to clone when everyone else gets yeah, like exactly. that, and they'll all be. Yeah, we'll be wearing the same outfit and just look like him. On the subject of CNN anchors that we've been eviscerating, which I've been having a lot of fun with, we have. Mm-hmm clips coming out and we've just been eviscerating these CNN anchors they're really funny but what do you think like camera shut off they go home what do you think they're really like like they're acting you know do you ever get curious like he goes back to whatever they're probably vicious people yeah <laughs> why I think anyone that successful there's gotta be like a little bit of cutthroat in them anyone who's successful anyone who's on, on that level they're not like uh they're not simple people, you know. They're they're competitors, and they're very smart, and they're very wealthy. And I'm sure they're like, uh, I'm sure they're not. I, I wonder how many people would say like they're nice guys. Like, like they're nice. They're wouldn't nice you guys. like to see a Wolf Blitzer on Rogan, just to see what it sounds like? Nobody knows what he really sounds like. You know what I mean? It's a guy yeah, that you hear every that re- single yeah. day. But like, what would it like? I'm not even that curious about it. Mm-hmm. It's just something like, it's interesting because there's something very robotic. Yeah. You know, Wolf Blitzer has just, like, it's like they have the news voice, but I don't know what they're really well, like. That's what like the Howard Stern sort of invented. Like, let's let's get yeah. these celebrities and like hear what they're really like. Did you see the Hillary Clinton on Howard Stern? She was on Howard Stern, no. Oh my God. 
It was after the election. She had lost already. But the oh, biggest, it wasn't recently. I'm not. I'm a political advisor by any means. I would have said to to do that and put it out during the election. It would have helped in 2016. Did you say anything salacious? He just was able to make her sound as real as she could ever possibly sound. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that that's the most real, but at least he could like ask her like he kind of broke down a little bit so she could sound a little more human. Her biggest problem was always sounding like so scripted and calculated. Yeah. But he he was so like nice to her hey, because I love that for you. You would have been so good. I, yeah, I know. <laughs> she was like, in the inauguration, he's like, let me tell you something. The inauguration that must have been so hard for you. He was just like asking her to like just be a human being, mm-hmm. um, and it was worth watching. And everyone mm-hmm. commented in the sections like, why did this not come out in 2016? Mm-hmm. It would have helped her, but she was too scared to do that. Yeah, you know. Uh, oh, what do you think they're like when they go home? These people. Uh, I think there's a part of them that's just like. Uh, like they're ants, you know. They look out out their window and say, "Look at these ants." <laughs> There's a part of them that's like that, um, yeah. but maybe that's journalism in they, general. I don't know. I imagine they feel like well, what they do is the most important thing in the entire world. And also, like journalism, like when you watch the White House Correspondents' Dinner, they exist between this weird space of celebrity nerd not cool but prominent space, where like what they do, they're not. They're sort of like self-worshipped by each other, mm-hmm. not on the same level that the world around them worships them or cares about them, especially now, like with CNN and like the mainstream media stuff. Like they're not as uh, well regarded as, say, like the Walter Cronkite or like the journalism of yesteryear where it was sort of like these well-respected members of society. It's become a little more insular the way it looks to me. I just you think know? they're characters on TV. Right. Um, right. I don't see how anyone else sees it any differently. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Frankly. I hear, I hear <laughs> I've always said that. I used to watch, in Bill. high school, I remember, used to watch, used to be on in your house all the time. I used to be like, My dad had it on rotation. One yeah, time I was, like, I was I we were at the JCC working out when we decided, let's work out. And we were like 20 <laughs> when we like got our first round of fat yeah. coming in. Right. We were at the JCC let's on treadmills. <laughs> and I, this is really pathetic. I'm going to admit this. But we were running on treadmills. And you looked to the side, and I was watching Bill O'Reilly. Because <laughs> back in then, that was sort of, to me, what like crazy right-wing YouTube is now. I mean, it was shitty then, but to, that was what you had. Like, I liked debate, and I liked the sparring, mm. and I liked that stuff at the time. And you were just like, well, why, 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 do you, why do you do this? What is this? Why are you really getting angry? This is like the ridiculous a waste of time. What are you doing? And it wasn't even political. You just weren't buying the dog and pony show still like I, I feel, was. That's still how I feel about it. I don't feel any differently. I know, yeah. I know. But you were sort of ahead of it a little bit. To me, it wore off on me a little bit. At the yeah. time, I was like, I just like hearing, I like politics and I like, I liked a little bit of the ownage and stuff. Yeah, it was yeah, satisfying. Yeah. I'm um, probably, I, I'm, that's more of a guilty pleasure for me now. Like I listen to a lot of, Crystal and Cigar and yeah. like Jorg and all that stuff. And it's, it, it is, it's fun. But it's, it's more fun. real than it used to be because the podcast space has, has brought down the facade They're of right. the flash. They're probably, it's probably the same muscle. It's probably the same thing in your brain though that it hits yeah. as whatever Bill O'Reilly hits. It's just a different, uh, different person doing it. Yeah, different seasoning, I guess. But like when you listen to the radio, like old school talk radio has that vibe where right. it's just like they have somebody on and it gets intense. There's always been that staple through. Through and through podcasts is like the return to radio in a way, but it's just radio for the masses at a universal level. It's become this thing that's like mm-hmm. super raging and popular. Not like we think it's new podcasting, I but it's radio. radio. Yeah. 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 Let's do yeah for the next <laughs> 20 minutes. But 
Anyway, that's our miniature a, a episode. A little mini episode, yeah. Episode five. Yeah, we don't owe you people anything. We don't. <laughs> Uh, I'm in LA next week, or maybe when this episode airs, I'll be in LA doing some shows at the Mint with Distant Cousins. Michael, plug us. I will be right here next week <laughs> doing a show of my own now. Um, I have nothing coming up. You've been to some shows when we played on the East oh, Coast. Oh, plug you guys. Yeah, plug yeah. the fucking band. Distant Cousins. They're, uh, they sound great. They got nice music. <laughs> okay, and Grandpa. They're not bad to look at. <laughs> Thank you, Grandpa. They got nice music. They're not bad no, to they, look at. They put on a hell of a show. They put on a hell of a show. It's loud, but it's good. <laughs> it's good volume. It's a, I'd say it's a good volume. <laughs> if, you, if you appreciate good volume... Yeah, go out to see Distant Cousins. That's the most raging, coolest plug ever. You appreciate good volume. They don't have a drummer, so there's no other cymbal splashes that hurt my hearing aids. This is Lester Morton with Distant Cousins Plug Promotions. You guys, you guys got anything fun planned? Any surprises for the show? Well, this will be the first show that comes after we've all become remote mm-hmm. as a band, where one of us is in Nashville and one of us is in LA, and I'm here in Jersey on the East Coast. So we're just excited to be playing back live in front of people. We're going to invite all the friends and guest musicians to come, and we're just going to keep it loose and have a good time. Um, And we're going to be working all week on some other projects, some composing projects for some shows, so we're excited about that. And I'm just excited to get back to some music. It's like I had a... Having been moved back here from L.A., it's like that dry spell of like not being in that scene for a minute. Uh, and I miss it a lot, just strapping on a bass and getting in front of a mic and playing. Like, I need I need that. Cool. And, you know, like when you do something for so long and it becomes so routine, taking a break gives you a little bit of that bird's eye view, like mm-hmm. perspective of perspective of, <laughs> of what you miss or what you like or don't like. And then you're just like... It's good to recheck your identity with it, how you yeah. identify with it. When you take that break, then you're like... No, I do love this thing. I just needed a minute. And I didn't even need a break, but I, I ended up getting that break. And you, it gives you that benefit of saying, come back to me. Yeah, like, I want, to, like, ident- like being cre- in this world of creativity that we talk about all the time, it's so hard with the labeling. How do you identify mm-hmm. as a comedian, as a musician, as to this? And it really doesn't matter. You can, you're all those things or none yeah. of those things, whatever you want. Just do. Mm-hmm. And I'm certainly identify very strongly and comfortably as a musician, and I always have for many, many years. So giving that break from that and then the return, it's a very exciting for me. And I look forward to on the heels of coming back from L.A. to reroute myself in the East Coast music scene of whatever that is so that I can cool. feed that muscle a little bit because nice. I do miss it. And there is nothing like <laughs> just making music on stage. And it's, it is kind of yeah. magical. And Jordan Peterson says, it's instantaneously meaningful, you know? So sure. there's nothing <laughs> like music. It's, it's the one thing out there that's instantaneously meaningful. Ha! Ha 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 ha! <laughs> I'm excited for you to combine music and comedy at some point, like yeah. Reggie Watts. That's what I'm uh, looking forward to. Reggie Watts, big inspiration and influence for me. And I am thinking about that. Out of the, uh, I went to see a friend last week at a show, Smigs, Nikki Smigs at, at Caroline. Caroline's in the city, and he was doing his stuff, and I was just watching and kind of like thinking about ideas for my set and how to incorporate the musical elements. And I used to think, how am I going to do this where it's like music and comedy? Is it a variety show? But then it's more like, no, if it's a comedy show, let the music fuel the comedy. And if it's a music show, like maybe have some comedy help fuel the music, depending on what I'm doing. You know, whether it's banter, then it helps make a musical show a little bit funny and light. Or if it's a comedy show, then the music can fuel the jokes. Mm -hmm. So it's not just having two things. It's using one thing as a weapon to fuel the other. Yeah. So I look forward to developing that as well. So stay tuned for more of that. And Michael will be there giving me all the feedback I need. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> You're my... No, no. He won't. But Michael's always been an invaluable resource for all that stuff, so I appreciate Thank that. Thank you. That's Buckle Up bonus episode. <laughs> we don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> Buckle up! Buckle up. Thanks for watching.